2: Uh, hello.
0: Guys, That's it's freaking cold. It's so cold.
2: Well, it's appropriate for recording on New Year's Eve.
1: Yep. Yeah. It's too We cold are on the though. cusp of 2018.
2: Are you going to stay up um, late tonight?
1: Well, the plan is yes. But... Well, given the fact
0: that I've been staying up till like 2 a.m. for the past week so... because I'm on break and sleeping until like the other day, I slept until 1 p.m. Oh. I didn't, like, keep waking up and, like, go back to sleep. I just slept until 1 p.m.
2: You were reveling in it.
0: Yeah. This is, like, not a thing. Like, once... I don't know if, like, all most med students are like this, but I definitely, like, can only sleep until, like... If I'm, I sleep until 8, it's a miracle. Yeah, I'm usually up by 7. Yeah.
2: I, um... No, I go to bed at 8.30. My son caught me looking at the clock the other night at, like, 8. <laughs> He's like, I know, you want to go to bed.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, when I, like... how. Ha- during the school year, like, when I'm at work, I definitely want to... Go. There, I mean, there was a day when I went to bed at, like, 8,
1: I'm pretty sure, earlier this year. Yeah. I was just so tired. I feel like when I have nothing to do, like I have for the last week, it's either I'll end up going to bed at 8, or I'll end up going to bed at, like, yeah, 2 a.m. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, after you make it past 8, it's like, I guess I'm staying up. Yeah. Like, Well, I am, like, I think, weirdly...
0: Like, if I have nothing to do, I'll stay up so late, even though I'm so bored and I just wish I could go to bed. But if I have stuff to do, then I'm just like, I'm so tired. I just need to go to bed. Even though, like, I'm like, oh, I can hang out with these people yeah. and be entertained, but then I'm just tired and I want to go to bed earlier. It's it like, doesn't it, make sense. It's
2: like in my house, if there's work to do in the house, like mm-hmm. housework, suddenly everybody has to poop.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's how you get out doing dishes. Yeah. <laughs> Duh.
2: <laughs> what am I gonna do I gotta poop
1: yeah in my house you can't say no I'm the only person so well I mean there's a lot my of room going on yeah. in house. there's my roommate too but yeah if I need to clean I just need to clean my room yeah, yeah. yeah. it's alright
0: I need to clean my house but you know it's too cold for that it's too cold to do anything it's too cold to do anything except sit under a heated blanket
2: We're supposed to get to like minus some ridiculous amount yeah. Yep. You, what were we saying about Mars? So
0: I saw on Facebook that Des Moines on tonight is supposed to be negative 19 degrees for the low, which actually isn't that low for Iowa in the middle of January and December. Yeah. But um, it's the same as the surface temperature of Mars. So, you know.
2: So, uh, you know, I was reading a book a while back. It was a uh, 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 mystery novel by an Iowa author. Mm hmm. He was really good. He doesn't write anymore. Can't remember what his name is, but he wrote like four books. That Maybe that's why he doesn't
1: up. write anymore. Because he's like,
2: I can't, because I can't remember his <laughs> you name. He can't yeah. remember.
1: Anyway, nobody anyway, can he, remember.
2: Anyway, he wrote about, you know, it was minus 40 in Iowa. And so they would go outside and throw a cup of hot water in the air. Oh, and, yeah. And One it of my friends did
1: that today in Minnesota. And did it work? Yeah. Okay. I have a video. Of How cold does it need to be for that to work?
2: I don't know. It has to be pretty damn cold. Yeah. So if it's working in Minnesota.
1: Yep. It's pretty damn cold.
2: And it's pretty damn cold. But uh, yeah, there were a few years ago, there were people who were th- was throwing boiling water into the air and burning themselves. Yeah. Like, <laughs> okay. I
0: cool. think we did the boiling water thing in college one time. Yeah. Oh yeah. See, here you go. Can you see?
2: Yeah. It just flashes into like snow, frozen. Yeah. Snow. It's pretty cool.
1: It is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Two thoughts. Whenever it gets this cold, which, again, like, I mean, I remember it being, like, negative 30 and crap, so. Mm-hmm. But, um.
2: doesn't get that cold in Iowa. In the last seven, what, 16 years that I've been in Iowa or whatever, it hasn't gotten that, that cold.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It can get that cold in North Iowa. Okay. Well, and it has, so, um,
0: four years ago when i yeah because i was at the polar vortex? it was the polar vortex year, and it got so cold because it didn't snow very much Mm. and so like when it snows the snow like insulates it it makes it warmer because it reflects the heat back but if there's no snow it like makes it colder because there's nothing to reflect the heat and insulate so like des moines spent like i think they spent like either half or twice it's like one of those numbers of their whole budget for their um like maintenance on just january because so many water mains burst right but yeah that was cray cray so it definitely got that cold then
1: um it puts into perspective like how can snow make things warmer i know right (laughs) like sometimes when it gets this cold and i look outside and it's all snow and it's freezing and my toes feel like they'll never be warm ever again (laughs) i just think why do people live here yeah i know (laughs) oh
0: i think negative 40 is where your pee will freeze if oh. you pee outside, and it, it will freeze before it hits
2: the ground. Oh. I think, that I think
1: sounds like a UTI that. waiting to happen.
2: <laughs> <laughs> will the, will the, the iced pee climb back into your office? No. <laughs> no. it it's not like as gasoline, as well? like oh, okay. peeing
1: on a fire. Go, it freezes into your bladder. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 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 that, that sounds, sounds so painful. painful yeah. Oh,
2: it's, it's science. <laughs> is right, it yeah.
1: weird that this morning while I went to the bathroom, I was thinking about how interesting transitional epithelium is? <laughs> no. Isn't <laughs> that <not> weird? <laughs> it is an interesting tissue. Did you guys know, speaking <laughs> what of. What
2: is transitional epithelium? It's, it's what lines your bladder. Also known as
0: uroepithelium. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's yeah, the epithelial cells It's kinda pretty to look at. It is. It's stretchy. It's yeah. very special. <laughs> yeah, well. Um, the other thing I was gonna say about peeing, did you guys ever hear that thing where if you have to pee or okay, if you're standing outside and it's cold, then you should go pee because you'll be warmer because apparently I don't know if this is like a real thing or an old wives tale, but apparently if you um your body is like spending energy making your pee warmer so that it doesn't like crystallize. Because it's like a, I'm like first of all I think you need to be more hydrated if you're having that problem. That sounds
2: like that sounds like hogwash. Come on.
0: Yeah,
1: but like when I, don't I, know I was, why. I
2: have no, I have no, I have no base so, to go.
1: I don't know. I don't think your body tries to warm up your pee, but I think it must warm up your pee. Because, like, as in, it needs. To, well, it will inherently. Because well, I don't of, like, understand how nature you're... and heat moving into you know. But, but
0: that's why I don't understand. Like, your pee would get cold anyway because it's like your bladder is in your pelvis, which is like pretty warm inside yeah. your body. You your know, body it's like not like you have right to...
2: about ninety point six degrees.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's not like you have to spend extra heat to like make your pelvis warm yeah. you know I don't know that's Hang on, I gotta... but that's what we used to always say when we're cheerleading and standing outside during football games <laughs> and we had to pee we're like well we should go pee because it'll make us warmer <laughs> hmm
1: I don't know maybe if you
2: peed on each other yeah no that would I mean <laughs> it'd
1: be warmer just, for a second for You're a right. hot minute You're right yeah then you'd be warmer taking off all your clothes right because that's a thing yeah if you get wet you have to take off all your clothes yeah <laughs> I used to I used to be a big fan of um Bear grills. hmm Yes. Back in the day.
2: Never uh never partook of the man. Sorry.
0: I've never partaken of the man either, but I know who he is. <laughs> that's such a weird way to say that, Dave. Sorry, I'm being creepy.
2: Never partook of the man myself.
0: <laughs> oh man. Hey,
2: um Happy New Year's. Happy again. New
0: Year's. Happy Even New though Year. this episode's gonna come out in, in like January, but that's okay. Well. That's right,
2: but uh, I I bring this up because I noticed in the news that um, Berlin, preparing to celebrate New Year's this very evening, has um, has set up a special safe area for women who feel harassed or otherwise um, unsafe. Um, The Red Cross will be on site where there will be tents where women can get help if they feel unsafe on uh, during. The New Year's festivities. Um, which, so, uh, yeah. When
0: ahead. you say New Year's festivity, is this like, um, like Times Square, like a sort of like, like a huge for, festival for thing for Berlin? Okay, okay.
2: Um, the, the tents are available to anyone, right? Uh, not just women, but there is a little sign that says "Women's Safety Area." So, I, I guess uh, that will just encourage people to go in there if they feel feel unsafe. Um, The interesting thing about this is that the um, chairman of the German police union was uh, basically saying that it sent a disastrous message Oh, uh, that suggested there were secure and insecure zones. He said it would be the end of equality, freedom of movement, and self-determination.
0: Well, is the chairman of the police force a man? Since you said he, I assume yes. Uh, Wait,
1: is he saying that people can't feel free to uh, yes, it's a harass people anywhere they choose? <laughs> so that's the end of their freedom? Uh,
2: <laughs> he makes a fine point,
1: <laughs> the yeah. German
2: police union president.
1: Um. Uh, yeah, I think it's kind of interesting, right, that you could section off as like no harassment could happen here Yeah, because like it just seems like. That's just not
2: well, true, I, like, right. you know? I think he's taking it all wrong. I mean, it's, not, yeah. like, it's yeah. not like, you know, that's where women go so that they won't get harassed. right? That's where women go if they are being harassed. Right. Yeah, like... It's an entirely different...
1: It's, it's kind of like the same idea, only it's actually like, having places where of like... You know those blue lights they have on campus? Yeah. That you like run to and press the button if right. you feel unsafe or whatever? Right. It's right. like the same thing. It's not like this is a place I'm going to hang out because nobody's going to harass me. Well, it's like, like a first aid tent. It's yeah. like, you
0: don't go to a first aid tent because you want to prevent getting hurt. You go there <laughs> if you have been hurt and need first aid, Yeah, you know?
2: Oh, uh, people are spectacularly stupid.
0: Which, like... Okay, so I think this is, like, a great idea because, um... I mean, it's nice to know that there's, like, a safe place that you can go yeah. to. Yeah, I think... I mean, maybe saying like women's safe zone is kind of whatever I think I don't know I think it's good and I think like obviously you should like never take away from people who are experiencing harassment but I don't know other people get harassed too
2: it's unnecessary I don't know I mean it's it's too bad it's necessary
1: yeah yeah I think too I think but I mean I think it makes sense to have it, it when you think about it like these types of gatherings are like women could very easily be harassed you know a lot of people in close quarters right and like if you i could see how women <laughs> like people could feel very cornered if they didn't yeah. have a place you know if they fell on you know like someone grabbed them in an inappropriate way or said something and if there wasn't a place like that they might feel like where can i even go yeah you know i to- think that's the thing that like i'm trying to say is that i wish
0: that we didn't have to just like label it that I wish that people felt that way of any like first aid tent or aid, right. you know
2: well that that was the other thing that I was thinking is is it really necessary to I mean okay so so this came out of it apparently they were at uh, Oktoberfest in the, the organizers uh-huh. of this event were at Oktoberfest in Munich and they saw these things and were like hey that's a good idea yeah <laughs> but, but at the same time it's like I would just kind of assume that any place where there is a presence of Say first aid workers or, or police right. or whatever. I don't think the police will actually be there all the time, but if there are first aid workers. I would automatically go there if I felt yeah unsafe, yeah, because of the presence of other people.
1: Yeah,
0: you'd hope so. Yeah, that's. I think that's what I mean too. Is like, I in a way like that's me having maybe being like a little bit disillusioned about the way that people have been treated by like the medical system. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Well, I agree. I wish that people were more willing. Well, I wish that it was more obvious that people are willing to help. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe the problem is that we are willing to help, but maybe we should be more active in our willingness to help.
2: Well, there, there is a, um, a well-known case from the, I think it was the 70s. I can't remember. I know the woman's first name was Genevieve in New York. Apparently she was attacked and oh. was like screaming for many periods of time yeah. and nobody helped.
0: I remember this.
2: And it was, a, it was you know, it was a big deal. In she a, died, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, I think she was killed. It was a big deal uh, back then. Um, oh, Kitty. Kitty
1: Genovese, Genovese. Yeah.
2: That's what it is. It was a big deal back then because everybody was like, well, why the hell didn't anybody help? <laughs> Yeah, and the answer is because nobody thought it was their place. Yeah, to help, which is crazy talk. Yeah, keep getting these wind chill advisories as though I didn't know.
1: (laughs) But it's cold outside. (laughs) But it's cold. I think there was a stuff you should know podcast about this.
2: Hmm.
0: Probably, that Hmm. wouldn't surprise me. I haven't gotten there yet on my back. My back. Listen, well, sucks. But I hope that everyone felt safe on New Year's Eve, and I hope that if you're in a A uh, festival like this that you feel safe approaching
1: someone who might be able to help yeah yeah yeah
2: i hope that was the case for you i hope people who are the case for you
1: and i hope people who are approached to help help (laughs) and help and i hope people who are thinking about being jerks don't yeah
0: I love all these things that are like, men can't express themselves anymore. You have to be so careful about what you say because it might be misconstrued as sexual harassment. And I'm like, okay, you mean you have to be careful about what you say? Like women do literally every single day? (laughs) Huh. What an idea.
2: Yeah.
0: Our words actually have meaning and affect other people.
2: uh, I heard some people. Do you think, though, is it okay if you fuck up? Yeah. What makes no, it okay?
0: It's not okay, but what? The, what makes it okay is if you apologize and actually try to learn from it. Yeah. Right. The act of fucking up itself is not okay. It never will be okay. Right. Yeah. The thing that makes it okay is if you you acknowledge it right. and then
2: So if you're genuine if you genuinely make a mistake. Yeah. And then you go, "You know what? I just said something really bad. Really stupid. Yeah. I I apologize for that." Yeah. Yes. Um
1: I th- Yeah, I think that's okay. And I think that's like a human thing. And especially since we have not, and this is our bottom line problem, is that we have not socialized young men who, you know, become men to realize that it's not okay to say those things like we're we teach people as a society that like it's okay to comment on judge women's bodies their you know bodies are open you know basically public space so when you socialize people like that they're gonna make mistakes like that so we need to do a better job of not we as in women but like society Mm -hmm. needs to do a better job of socializing boys and society itself to not To be like, hey, this actually isn't okay, you know? Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I think there's like a line between, you know, someone saying something and messing up between someone actually like assaulting someone and touching someone inappropriately. And, you know, those are lines that it's it's like, you know, you can, there is a place for forgiveness, but there's also like, it has to have some sort of reconciliation process that may involve like, you know, tossing someone out from their position or whatever yeah. you know what I mean well that's but the think, thing
0: like I think it's it's still okay I
1: think I, I agree with you about like socializing people to
0: understand that their words have meaning but I think like consequences is part of that and so this is why like okay Al Franken is a really good example I think because he is someone who's like you know he's a democratic senator he's like been He's in a party that's historically, depending on who you ask, like supports women's rights and supports victims, right? Yeah. But he has done these things, but he took the consequences of that and stepped down from his position, right. which is like, yes, what he did is not respectable, but like stepping down from it and saying, hey, I actually will admit that I did these things and that they were wrong is a commendable action. Like, and it's sad that in 2017, it's like commendable to take a consequence of something yeah. that you did that's really fucked up, but- on the other hand, you have freaking what's his face in Alabama, um, Roy, Moore. Roy Moore, who's like, I didn't do anything wrong. Rah, 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 rah. And, and, I, and I, ref- yeah, not to mention our president, but who's like, I didn't do anything wrong. I refuse to admit that I lost this election. I'm going to keep fighting over it, even though people keep telling me that I'm wrong. And like, neither of those two, what they did was not right. But one of them is like accepting the consequences and working, stepping down. From a position of power and working to make things better, the other one is like just not admitting they did anything wrong. Yeah, I think that's where the difference is.
1: Well, and I think also like yeah, kind of like you're saying in my mind, being forgiven and like having consequence; those are two different things. Right. Like you know, when in real life, if you you can be forgiven for things, but that doesn't mean you're like don't deserve absolved. any absolved right. of any consequence of your actions. Right. Like yeah,
2: <laughs> well. I think I said that because I think I asked that question, you know, is it okay to fuck up? Because one of the things that concerns me about people who are like, oh, now we can't say things anymore. Mm -hmm. Is that what they really mean is now we can't say whatever pops into our lizard brain that is actually kind of offensive. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And, uh will actually hurt people Mm -hmm. so
1: when i think people also forget (laughs) that like you can say things like nobody's gonna throw you in jail for like saying something offensive right right unless it's like threatening or you know right but just like think about how yeah like you said how your words affect other people and what you're really saying when you say them like it's not that hard yeah it's just a decent human being thing to do
2: Mm
1: Sorry Mm -hmm. we're asking people to be decent human beings. I know. How dare you. It's difficult. And own up to a mistake. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, anyway, we're talking about hunger today. Hunger by Roxane Gay. Yep. The book. It's very good. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... But I mean, I think this is a really good transition for us to talk about about like how things you say to people do matter, and yeah, and how
1: society yeah. pleases women's bodies. Yeah.
0: Um. So for everyone who hasn't read read the book, um, Roxane Gay is a author, and I mean, kind of a um, I don't know, social figure. Yeah. Like a like a pop culture, not a pop culture, but. I like it at the end of the book, which I will admit that I finished this morning, but at the end, in the last few chapters, she does talk about how like she is now like this kind of famous person who is allowed to have social commentary and yeah. how interesting that is. And so, I mean, I think, yeah, we could call her like a social commentator, I guess, yeah. but she's an author of fiction and nonfiction. She holds like a lot of degrees. Um, She's a doctor, not the kind of doctors that will be, but yeah still mad respect
2: a phd
0: yeah she's
2: mm-hmm. a phd yeah. a doctor
0: of philosophy <laughs> um, um, piled
2: higher and deeper yeah <laughs> what i've heard
0: um but
1: anyway uh hunger is about her body basically so yeah, it's um a, the subtitle is a memoir of my body yeah or a, yeah of my body it's in- the story is really interesting of I mean, there's a lot of, I was familiar with Roxane Gay's work ahead of time, but I didn't really know that much about her, like, personal story, Mm -hmm. and I think it was interesting to hear about how her personal story affects, you know, how she, like, relates to the world, and um, especially, I thought, so, you know, the book A Memoir of My Body is interesting because a lot of, kind of, Basically, she talks about how she, um, she's like, uh, she says super morbidly obese Mm -hmm. and how um, her like relation to her body, to like herself as a human and her body and how her past has affected the way she relates to her body and how she feels about her body. I think that's something we don't always acknowledge in society as, as like our bodies are who we are and they're created by also who you know who we are as people in a lot of ways mm-hmm. i think she does talk about it a little bit how spe- especially society looks at like fat women as, um like there's a skinny woman inside of her mm-hmm. and that's who she really is and, like, that's her best self. And, like, if she sh- could just get rid of this, like, body. But she brings up, like, no, this body is who I am. Right.
0: Well, she also brings up a lot about how she's an author and how, like, um I really like the chapter where she talked about when she was first starting out and she wasn't famous yet. How, like, it didn't what mattered were the words that she wrote and not how she looked. But now that she's become famous, what matters is how she, you know, I mean, her words still matter. And to people who are, I think who will read her books and actually take them to heart, I think that's what does matter. But I mean, now that she's more famous, like her looks also matter. And, um, you know, she has these stories of like meeting people when she's this like young unknown author who, you know, she showed up and they like were surprised that, you know, someone this, she says like someone this brilliant and this, this smart basically could be this, what did she say? Like lack of self-control is like something she uses a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it is interesting. Like when she does talk, like, I mean, and she goes back and forth, which I think is like part of, I think it's a really good window into living the life and living the journey is she does go back and forth a lot between saying, I feel like this isn't the girl who I am. This isn't the person I am and going, and then on the other hand being like, this is my body and this is who I am. Like she goes back and forth between those two a lot, which I think is just part of the real yeah, way of her living her
1: life. I think it's very like resonant to the human existence uh-huh. where, especially I feel like in today's society where you know that you should be like more, I guess, you know, more open-minded to the idea that like body shapes are, you know, I'm not the, not who I look like at, you know, Mm -hmm. and my body shape doesn't matter or, you know, I should be, she also has a series of essays called bad feminists. Like I should be like super woke, if you will, and super, you know, with it, but also like going back and forth between like wanting to be healthy Mm-hmm. and she said not she's you know mentioned feeling like her, her body is a cage sometimes she feels that way mm-hmm. not wanting that either but also wanted like the struggle of like knowing that she should not feel that way of like body positivity and all of that so right. the
0: story is that she was raped when she was like 12 right yeah um so she was like basically game raped by a group of boys from her school, um, and her current boyfriend at the time and his friends. And so a lot of the the book is about um basically she says like she ate and ate and ate to create a wall so that people she basically says it I became bigger because I knew that fat people weren't attractive and so if I could protect myself then that like she's like it's something I did to protect myself, which I think is like true and valid for her, but I think just my own preconceived dosage. So I like follow a lot of people on like Twitter and Instagram and like listen to podcasts from people who are like a lot of fat positive activists. Yeah. And so like Sophie Hagen is like one of my favorite. She's a Danish comedian and um she's like very fat positive and she's I just love her. But I expected, I I think this is like my own preconceived notion, notion, but I expected that book to be a lot more like Sophie's philosophy, which is like, I'm fat, get over it. This is just how my body is. And like, yeah, but I think this book was a lot more about like my fatness is linked to a trauma that I had, which I think is like true for a lot of people and like a part of their life where they like feel like they're always fighting or don't have control or trying to gain control. I think that a lot of times maybe it is linked to trauma, but I think, and this is like not a critique on the book itself. It's a, it's like just a, how it was different from what I thought it would be. But this was way more about like, this is her obesity is something that she used to combat her trauma and something that she's still working through more than it is just, this is why we should respect people's bodies. They are the way they are. Yeah
1: just pure fat positivity you know what i mean and i think like in the text there is that like because i think when she tells a story of her body and how she uh got i guess got to where she was because it was a reaction basically to her trauma Mm -hmm. i think for me i read also there that you know you don't i know that there are other people's stories that well that might be really you know they're Obesity might be related to their trauma, or it might be related to something else. Something else, but you just like don't know what that thing is. And as a society, we assume we know. Mm-hmm. We assume, for instance, that it's just like a lazy, la- laziness or oh, a lack yeah. of lack of self control. Where right. we don't know if it's a reaction to a trauma. We don't know if it's maybe it. You know, whatever it is, we don't know. Maybe yeah. it's genetics. Maybe it's who knows. Well, that's like. Uh, so,
0: I mean, that's one of the things, well, first of all, I think we should talk about like in this country and the world over, like I think Corbin and I have talked about this a lot, but there's like a link between like obesity and like a moral failure in yeah. our country. So like a lot of times the way, especially as doctors, I feel like we get into this, yeah. ha- like it's like really, really bad how much of the, into this habit we get, but like, there's this idea that like fat people are fat because they're like bad people. And it's kind of how we treat poor people as well. Like poor people are poor because they're bad people. And you know, it's like it's viewed as a moral failure in this country, which doesn't make any sense at all. But, um, so there's, I mean, there's that whole deal to like try to wrestle with. And that's just a societal thing. Um, but then it's also like, okay, yes. Like some people are, obese because they're dealing with trauma but like even if they're not like it's not it's still it doesn't matter if it's they're obese from trauma if they're obese because they're lazy if they're obese because they have no self-control it doesn't matter right when you're treating them you should be treating them like a human regardless you know what i mean
1: yeah i kind of feel like everyone has no self-control in some aspect yeah. of their life humans don't know? have self-control
0: that's a stupid made-up thing
1: yeah it's just it's just some people have more, like, socially acceptable vices than other people.
0: Well, and some people are better at, like, controlling. So there's, like, ways to make things easier for you, and it's all about control. It's not about self-control. It's about how you, like, life
1: hack your way into making things easier for you to do. Right, and a lot of that has to do with privilege, too. Yeah. Like, who has the privilege to find ways to, like, you know, make sure they stay on track exercising because they hire a personal trainer or have access to a gym or are able to buy fresh groceries because you know they have the money or whatever Mm -hmm. but i think she does mention a couple times the like medical establishment in the book yeah which i thought those i thought those chapters were the most interesting
0: just because like for me reading this book was also a way of like teach me how like teach me how to be better you know and that's I think that's what I was looking for out of those chapters yeah I
1: and I think it's interesting because like yeah like Katie was saying we talk a lot about how the medical establishment very much looks down on obesity and I think maybe I've talked about the study that or no I posted on the Vagabond's website a study about how uh, obese women's pain is taken less seriously um and she actually mentions, too, that, like, her lovers are, like, rougher with her during sex. Yeah. Because they assume that, like, her body can take it and all of that. And it's, I mean, it's pretty appalling when you think about it. But um, that, like, because her body is bigger, like, that she um, would be immune to, yeah. like, being, you know, handled. I
0: think, this is, like, really weird, I think people think that, like, people's nerve endings only go so far and that for like people who are bigger they like don't reach their skin (laughs) but I feel like I mean I know that's not true but like I feel like that's how people treat people who are bigger
1: that's so stupid you know what I mean yeah but I feel like it is true like I feel like like I know um like people feel like maybe that fat is cushion or something and right yeah
0: like I've heard lots of stories about like how like people say that people will just run into them you know, like, if, they're, if you're walking down the street, like, people won't move out of the way. They'll just, like, brush, you know, brush part of them. Or, like, it's like, you can obviously see me here,
1: you know? Yeah. Well, and I think it's interesting. This is kind of a change of subject, too, but how it's interesting, how, you know, she talked about how women in society are socialized to, like, take up less space, right. to be seen and not heard, and how when you're a bl- big woman, like, you take up more space. Mm-hmm. People feel like the space that you don't, that doesn't belong to you as a woman. Yeah. And, um yeah there's a lot of interesting i guess thoughts that go along with that but um anyway back to my thought about the medical establishment like the medical establishment is so like on our high horse about obesity and how it's bad for you when we know actually we know so little about obesity yeah and weight loss and nutrition i mean we really do know and if anyone tells you that they haven't figured out i'm going to tell you right now that they're freaking lying like we just don't us. know yes. they're, they're fucking lying and that's like underscore fucking lying yeah we don't know yeah we don't even know what diet is best for us no we and don't it, like yeah I, okay so if you it just gets me so worked up I know me
0: too so I think a really good way to like
2: I hadn't noticed yeah
0: no so it's true so like there's like this big study that came out this year yeah about like um high-protein, high-fat diet, and low-carb, yeah. right? Um. Anyway, basically, like, lots of studies have shown that it doesn't matter what diet you do as long as you, like, basically are... If you stick with one, it, like, helps you lose weight. But then um, there's also the whole, like... There's studies that show... So, like, for instance, for people... With di- so, okay, we know that weight is linked to diabetes and hypertension, right? Yeah. Which, I mean, she talks about in the book, too, which she doesn't have either of them, which everyone's always amazed at. Because... Like first of all, being obese is different than being unhealthy. Those are two different things. Right. Second of all, there's multiple studies that show that for people with diabetes, um, regular cardio exercise helps lower hemoglobin A1Cs regardless of weight loss. So, like basically, what's important is exercising, not weight loss. Essentially, and so that's why I think Corbin's totally right. Like we don't know. We haven't done enough studies that like control for weight. Like, we've done lots of studies that say, oh, well, weight loss, you know, improves all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. But those those aren't taking into account, like, what people do to lose weight. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, I think basically, like, we would need a huge study that says, like, let's look at, you know, the way you eat, the way you exercise, and then weight loss and control for weight loss and see if weight loss actually matters or not. Yeah. Like with regard because obviously like there's a difference like if you're being healthy you should be like using your body and making it work you know like doing cardio and doing like weight training because those things are healthy behaviors those are those are totally different from losing weight regardless
1: of whether you yeah yeah or or looks you know whatever size you are whatever exactly
0: and like I did like that a lot because in the in the book she's like um she's talking about the time when she had to go when she had to like crawl up on stage, which this just, like, appalled me. I, like, was so appalled when I was reading this part. But she basically, she's at this event, and she, there's no stairs up onto the stage. It's, like, three feet high, three feet off the ground. And so she basically has to, like, crawl up it in front of thousands of people, which is just ridiculous. Like, I don't understand why you would ever make people do that, regardless of their size. And then she sits on this chair, and she says she, like, felt it crack, I think. And so she basically was squatting the entire time she was, like, up on this panel, and she does she says like obviously it was terrible like I got home and like sobbed but then she's like but I also was like amazed that my thighs are like that strong you know and I think that that's like also important because our bodies can do stuff for us and not just I don't know hold us back I don't know I just I think like that's been my view on exercise lately because mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, my body is really cool, actually, and can do all these cool things, and so maybe I should, like, actually use it instead of just, like, sitting around. Yeah. But, yeah,
1: I don't know. Yeah.
2: I like to wait for my body to do things.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I th- I think what's really interesting, too, about something she says that I think is really important to take home from the book, too, is she says people who, like, aren't fat assume that everybody moves through the world the way they move through mm-hmm. the world. And I think it. she talked about how being fat is like a big lesson in empathy for her. Yeah. Because, and I think it's true. Like one of the, I think one of the big issues in society that we have is that people assume that their reality is everybody's reality and that's true about like your body size but it's also true just about your economic opportunities your you know like lifestyle opportunity anything really Mm -hmm. and you know the golden rule is like do unto others as you would want done unto you but really I mean that I think it leaves something out in the sense of like maybe that's not what other people want or need what you want or need right and you have to be open to that she talked about how knowing for instance that her body doesn't move like other people's body has let her be more open to the idea that Mm -hmm.
0: yeah she tells a story about um she's at a oh she's at a panel with Gloria Steinem yeah and there was a a deaf interpreter and people like asked her to move because the interpreter to move because they were in her line of sight Um, or in their line of sight in the audience and she basically told her like to stay where she was because the interpreter being seen was more important than Roxanne and Gloria being seen um yeah and so how that like yeah kind of helps with her empathy to other people with other disabilities should I read some stuff that I wrote down I took very minimal notes because I was traveling a lot when I was reading this but um it's funny it's on my notepad that I used to take notes about uh residencies (laughs)
2: you don't get those mixed up
0: yeah i won't um well the first thing i wrote was it's cool that she's from the midwest i didn't realize she was from the midwest but she's from omaha which is like where Corbin went to undergrad and Mm -hmm. like i go there all the time i don't know it's just so cool that like there's cool people in the midwest i don't know
2: (laughs) (laughs) there are cool if you're listening from elsewhere there are cool people
0: yeah we're cool
2: Uh,
0: but the other thing i was gonna say so the whole book i was just amazed at like how much she like named her privilege and like she kept coming back to it over and over again like i have family that supports me i grew up in like an upper middle class home i always knew that i could ask my parents for like any amount of bailout and support yeah and like i have an ivy league degree basically and like i you know she's like super educated and she's a black daughter of immigrants who Is this obese woman living in America, and yet she's still naming her privilege all the time? And I'm just, I was just like, oh my gosh, like this. Everyone needs to like read this and be like, this is what it looks like to actually name your privilege. And I don't know, it was so cool. I was Mm -hmm. like, especially there's some like white dudes who need to read this and like understand what privilege is, but yeah I don't I was just amazed by that the whole book she kept coming back to it and I was like dude she's like telling us a story where it's like okay your life's like that sucked you know it's like you dealt with this thing that I don't want anyone ever to have to deal with and yet you're still like naming your privilege to me and like making sure that I understand it like that's crazy yeah it was so cool though um okay the other thing so this is like a throwback to something we talked about on the podcast before but at the very end of the book um she talks about, oh, she's like moving to different towns in the Midwest and how she keeps moving from like bigger town to bigger town, and she gets like to this town in Indiana, which I think is where she lives now, I believe. Yeah. But um, she teaches at Purdue, I believe. Yeah, is that in Indiana? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, once you get east, east of the Iowa border, I don't know anything. <laughs> I know things from the West. Who even cares?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um. Anyway, so
2: coastal elites. Yeah. Cool people in the Midwest. Yeah,
0: Indiana. Indiana, the the coastal elite. (laughs) (laughs) I just like I'm from Northwest Iowa. So I like know like South Dakota and Nebraska more. We're more Westerners. We're Westerners. Yeah. Anyway. Um. Anyway, how like people. You know, would say like she lives in a bad neighborhood, and like there's quote-unquote people from Chicago, and like we've talked about that on this podcast before. Yeah. How like people, people from City. Chicago is like code for
1: black people, and it's just like it's just ridiculous. Or when people in Iowa City talk about the bad neighborhoods in Iowa City, yeah. and I'm like, uh, what? There are none, first yeah. of all. <laughs> like,
0: not really.
2: The the uh, the womb
1: that we're the in, the podcasting right now. Yeah.
2: studio, is in the bad part of Iowa City. Yeah, which so. It's not a bad part. It's not a bad part.
0: The bad, I'm pretty to sure me, there's a cul-de-sac. To me, the bad... <laughs> 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 to me, the bad part of Iowa City is downtown because I hate, I hate going there. I'm like, the bad part of Iowa City is like frat row, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Like where all the undergrads live. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the part where I never want to go to. Oh, man. Um, okay. So here's a couple other things. So I love the chapter when she was talking or the couple chapters when she was talking about cooking. Yeah. And, like, baking, which I totally just, like, I love what she said. She's the opposite of me. Like, she likes baking because she likes to control, whereas I'm to the total opposite. I love cooking because, like, cooking is so much more freestyle. Um, And I talk about this all the time, like, how it fits my personality. Like, I hate baking because I hate measuring stuff. Like, I don't want it to so be perfect. you just perfect.
2: throw things into bowls and...
0: Yeah, literally last night I, like, made yeah, this Christine w- does that weird-ass food that, like, all kind of went together. But I yeah. was just like, what do I have in my cupboards? What can I make?
2: When, but, I, when I do that it's a terrible idea but <laughs> other people just know how to do it so anyway.
0: yeah sometimes, so adam will like this is just like my own tangent but adam like has kept when he like bakes i see i like know that you can't do it with baking and like for baking there's like such weird like chemistry that goes on mm. which i really want a good cookbook that like teaches me the chemistry because i think i would find that super fascinating but anyway but he like tries to like do all this stuff like so for instance um, he, we made an apple pie and instead of using lemon juice to put on the apples, he used lemon extract, which like, I get what he was thinking, but the point of the lemon juice he is not, it taste. yeah, it was not for, it's right. not for taste. It's for like the acidity. And yeah. so like, it didn't t- taste good, but like, like you have to like know why you're doing things before you can just like freestyle it, you know, and you can't freestyle it in baking. But anyway, um, but it just like very much fits my personality. Like I'm very much like a fly by the seat of my pants person. So like, I definitely stick to cooking more. But back to the book, um, I love how she talked about the barefoot Contessa, like for like that whole chapter, and how she was like, "It's nice to see a chubby woman who like enjoys food." And I was like, "Yeah, this is why representation matters because like you never know who's gonna like draw inspiration from you just like being you and doing something that you're good at." I love the barefoot Contessa too. And then the last thing that I wrote down is probably my favorite quote from the book. Um, it's near the end, and she says. Or maybe this is someone else's shame and I'm just being forced to carry it. Which I think is like a really good... She's talking about like how basically she's like lived in this body for however many years and how like she talks about like how her well of shame can go so deep and um, she still doesn't think she's hit the bottom of it yet and she's talking about like her family and her friends and like the past relationships she's had and basically that I I just really like this because maybe it's not her shame that she's carrying. Maybe it's everyone else who's, like, projecting it onto her. I think that's true.
1: I agree. I mean, when we talk about, like, shame in life, really, how often are we dealing with our own shame? Shame comes from other people's expectations, and those expectations really are expectations they have of themselves. Right.
2: You feel shame because society holds you to a certain... Yeah. standard and you don't meet that standard right. sometimes of, or all the time yeah. or whatever you know
1: mm-hmm. one of my favorite my, this is kind of my own cooked that I tell myself when I feel shame or whatever I, I think I try to think to myself that's whoever you know whoever's hell don't make it your own hell mm. you know that's the hell that they're living in mm-hmm. don't make it the hell that you live in you know so you know take that with your vagabonds yeah don't live in someone else's hell. Don't live in someone else's hell. Okay. It's a really good book. I like, I mean, I think it's interesting. I think it's very challenging, you know? Yeah, I agree. And It's also nice
0: because it's not something I would usually, so I'm more of a fiction person, so it is was, was good for me to read nonfiction. Um, and yeah. I'm very excited. I plan on reading Bad Feminist, which I'm very excited about.
1: I thought it was interesting, too, as someone who's like, me, I've been overweight my whole life, but I'm not like, you know, because she talks about like, different levels of fatness, yeah, yeah and i'm not you know like just overweight you know and so yeah. it's uh it's interesting to hear like perspectives on that like things i've felt my whole life but also like things that are like i also am not have not had to deal with you know in my life yeah and so i think it, it was really me also very cha- you know challenging yeah. in a lot of ways
0: oh that's another thing i want to just talk about though is like the f- amount that people like think that they're allowed to comment on your body like okay so i am bmi wise like at the upper end of like normal weight which okay i also just want to point out like b- the bmi scale is like this like so
2: just, it's pretty sketchy. It's
0: like it? based on nothing. Literally the reason they picked the number 25 was so people could remember it. It means nothing. It's like yeah. this. It's not evidence-based. It's not like really bad. I mean, obviously, like if you're over a certain amount of like, like, yes, there are health issues, but like that's, it's not based on like an actual trial or anything. It's just, okay. So it's dumb. So anyway, moral of the story is I, okay. When I was younger, when I was a kid, I was so skinny, like grossly skinny, like I have like really hyper flexible elbows and so like I was so skinny that when I like leaned on my elbow It looked like my arm was broken because my arms are so skinny and like it's hyper flexible and it's really gross but anyway, I Okay, med school happened and you know, it's hard to exercise and eat right when you're studying 14 hours a day But anyway, um the number of people who have felt it okay to comment on my pretty normal average body is appalling to me like there's just I'm like, I'm not even fat like And people are just like make comments about like my thighs or like me being fat and i'm like i am not and usually it's from people who are bigger than myself who also like need to check their privilege i'm thinking of one person in particular that really pisses me two people that really piss me off but anyway it's just like i'm just like why do you think that it's okay for you to like tell me what i obviously can see for myself and like Also, like, I'm still in a normal range, so you're also, like, not saying anything that's true or, like, helpful to my health. I
1: think going back to, like, what we said earlier, like, the shame people put on you is, like, their own shame. Like, sometimes I think to myself, like, nobody hates a fat person like a fat person Mm -hmm. because it's their shame that they feel. Mm -hmm. And when they're confronted with that shame, especially when they're confronted with someone's shame, like, that their own shame, and they see that person, like, being happy, yeah, it, like, offends them to the core so they have to like say something about it you know what I mean like the fact that I'm so ashamed but how can you be happy when you know and it's and it's totally uncalled for but
2: how do you feel about the following phrase have you lost weight
0: drives me nuts (laughs) the thing that drives me nuts is that like I literally have not weighed myself since probably high school so like I don't know I cannot answer that question for you
2: I just think it's funny because I think I think people say that when they're trying to compliment they you. They are, yeah. yes. Um, but it really comes off as...
1: You, you were fat, fat
2: and now you, you look better.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know.
2: Yeah. And, you know, plus, generally speaking, when people have said that to me, and by the way, I've been both. I've been super obese, and the way I am now, which is like normal obese. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, when people, yeah, it's just like uh, the, the message is just, and usually the answer is no. Yeah. I haven't lost weight. Thanks for pointing Thanks, that out. Thanks, I
1: somehow. guess. Yeah. I, I'm just as fat as I always was. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know.
2: Since well, last week when I saw you.
1: I know.
0: Well, like, well, and the other thing that, like, if it's someone who I actually know and I, like, kind of want to make feel bad for saying it, I, like, f- okay, so I think I have gotten skinnier this interview season because of my, like, anxiety and the fact that I hate, like, going out by myself so like i was telling corbin this, like when i'm in a town if i'm by myself i won't go out to dinner by myself i will just like drive home early so that i don't have to go sit alone by myself in a restaurant because Mm -hmm. i'm like so anxious about it because i'm such an extrovert and so like people if people are like oh have you lost weight i'm like oh yeah it's my anxiety that's like causing me not to be able to eat in like public (laughs) and i like try to (laughs) try to make them feel bad about it i'm like you don't know anyone else's story like why they weigh how much they weigh and like yeah man you know i'm like and that's the other thing like i want to say like weight loss isn't always good like i mean she taught in the book she talks about having anorexia bulimia, buli- yeah. well yeah she has purging behaviors which yeah i mean there's this like weird thing about in the dsm about yeah bulimia versus anorexia that I always anyway up. <laughs> anyway um yeah i think she has bulimia but anyway um but yeah, like just because you're losing weight doesn't mean you're healthy. Like that's right. a thing. This anyway. Yeah. Well, and like
2: uh, kind of also, I thought you're it was. Like, yes, I have cancer. Oh, that. Yeah, I'm gonna do oh, that. Oh, yeah. Next time. Oh my well, god. Well,
0: yes. Don't do that. <laughs> don't say you that. Can't that's people. You can't. You can't tell people you have cancer. I'm not gonna do that. Um, unless uh, you actually have cancer yeah. and then feel free
1: to make people feel bad about.
2: I can't wait to get naming. cancer. <laughs> Shut
1: up, Dave. That's not funny. Kind of in this whole like big theme too of like you know people putting their shit and they she talked about how people police fat bodies like she talked about she was going on an airplane and her friend wanted to give her some chips to bring along oh yeah and she's like people like me can't eat food like that in public that's what i was gonna say too so because one of the times that people someone told me that i was like gaining weight
0: but we were like out at like a fast food restaurant and i was like basically i was like well you don't know my life and they, i was like eating a burger and they're like oh well it looks like you're trying really hard and i'm like okay fuck you first of all you weigh more way more than i do and you're also eating a burger which like isn't right of me to say but it's like your response when someone's like attacking you for like eating unhealthily and i'm
1: like also like you don't know what i eat at home like and also like maybe you went and ran five miles yeah or maybe you didn't and like that's none of their <laughs> so business. None of your business like
0: who cares i know Whatever I don't know I like bacon so sue me, whatever I'm um, definitely gonna sue you for that. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> you'll
2: hear from my lawyer. Uh, come
0: at yeah. me, bro. Uh, <laughs> well the chapter about cooking too. She's like, she's like I finally am at the point where I feel like I can buy like the good olive oil and the, the good you know yeah and, like use butter in cooking because yeah I'm like you deserve that girl you get it. Don't forget about our giveaway. Yeah,
1: we have a giveaway going. We do. So if you um, for three more weeks, two more, weeks, yeah, three more. I think three more weeks. So, yeah,
2: you send it us an It ends January twenty seventh okay. is when
0: it ends. Yeah, so go ahead, if Dave. You,
2: if you send us an email, um, if you make some sort of comment or ask a question, yeah, among our many social media avenues yeah social media and
0: we will give accounts. you a shout out so
2: we will talk about it a and b we'll uh do do like a like a drawing i think yeah we decided
0: and then also if you so if you send us an email with like a comment or question or if you review us on itunes and we'll,
2: yes and we'll send you a uh a, a delightful mug from the vagabonds store vagabonds.com slash store mug mm-hmm. uh, that you can enjoy your delicious hot beverage or cold beverage. Yeah. We're not going to... It
0: works well for yeah. cold beverages as well.
2: We're not going to judge. Well,
0: let me tell you, a big Christmas gift item. Just, just got a Snapchat from one of my friends that got it for a Christmas gift. Mm-hmm. Got it as a Christmas gift. So, mm-hmm. you know, get on that train even if it's a little late. It's the hottest gift of
1: Christmas 2017. 2017. Woo! Yeah,
2: that's right. <laughs> All right. Um, is other, else? Uh, other business?
1: Um, well... When
0: this airs, Corbin will have left for Sweden yesterday. Oh. So wish her luck. She's gonna do great. Thanks. It's gonna be so much fun. Yeah.
2: It's but gonna be cold there. It's gonna be so fun. <laughs> I if I we have
0: any that. Swedish listeners, hit us up, and you should meet Corbin while you're yeah. the, while she's there. I'll do
1: a meetup. That would be so <laughs> cool. <laughs> I'm I'm looking for friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there very week. Please help. Please help. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but no, she'll be great. I will miss her a lot though. <laughs> But we're still going to continue the podcast while yeah. she's gone, so don't yeah. worry. You won't miss out on us. You,
2: she, her voice might sound different because she's on the internet, but... Yeah,
1: you know, that's all right. Voices sound us. different in Sweden, fun fact. They yeah. <laughs> just like toilets flush the opposite way in Australia. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <The> southern hemisphere.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right.
1: All righty, friends. Uh, did we do all the things? No. No. no we don't okay. So. Oh, but we need you to tell them the our things. email for oh, if yeah. they're going to Oh yeah, us. yeah.
2: The Vagabonds podcast, podcast at gmail.com. Yeah.
0: yeah. And then Twitter is at The Vagabonds. And then Instagram's at the badge pod. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah, hit us up on any of those things and buy some stuff from our store. And we'll talk to you next week. Woo! Bye. 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 Bye.